welcome back here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. You know what time it is. It's the yummiest time your belly is telling you. We've got Gail Hall here for her show at the table with Gail. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm back. You're back. I've only been away a week. I know, I know. Well, look at you sitting there with your recipe book and you've got your letters in there as bookmarks. Oh, yes, yeah, ready to post, yes, yeah, ready to post. Now, I'm sitting here with a ooh, quarter of a cup of coffee, but I'm going to talk to you about a soy, soy, I mustn't say soya. I think it's soy masala chai. And mm. I saw this and I thought, oh, I hear people asking for soy chai or is it I have chai, chai lattes, lattes occasionally. Yeah, mm. and, and, and I thought to myself, well, this is interesting. People could make this at home and have it, you know, very posh or very healthy or both. And um, basically, I thought to myself, look through it, ingredients. Mostly, if you're making it on a regular basis, well, you can have these in your pantry anyway. I tell you what, I didn't know that it had black peppercorns in it because I know it is a little bit, it's spicy, but not hot spicy. It's got some really yeah. yummy flavours yeah, in it. Yeah, that's what by people like it, I think. Mm. It's sort of spicy, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. know, spicy coffee. coffee. Well, I call it coffee. Chai. Yeah, it's, I think it's more like a tea. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's got tea leaves in it. That's right. Well, I thought that. I thought, oh, oh maybe it's a chai tea. Oh, well, never mind. Um, we'll give you the recipe anyway. <laughs> you can decide. But um, you can actually make this ahead, you know, and have it in the fridge. Well, I'll just tell you that now because you don't have to, um, you know, drink it straight away. But we start off with one teaspoon of whole cardamom pods. And I presume you can buy those at the supermarket. It's not something that I have in my fridge and my pantry. Half a teaspoon of whole black peppercorns, half a teaspoon of whole dried cloves, three cinnamon sticks, two tablespoons of caster sugar, two tablespoons of black tea leaves. What other colour can you get? Oh, I suppose there's other colours. Black tea leaves. I don't know. That's interesting. (laughs) And three cups of soy, soy milk. Soy milk. Is there a difference? Is it soya or soy? Uh, there's no difference. Is Don't there? put me on the spot, Gail. <laughs> I know there is soya with an A at the end, but I know there's soya bean yeah. oil, but don't get me on a tangent no, here. yeah, mm. okay, yes. But anyway, it says soy, so mm. I'm going to say soy. Now, and cinnamon sugar to serve, and I presume that's a mixture of both. But anyway, place the cardamom pods, peppercorns, cloves, and cinnamon sticks in a plastic resealable food storage bag or a bag. I mean, it can even be a, a, a nice clean bread bag or something like that with a uh, with a twist on the end of it just so that it doesn't boost open. Now, it says pound with a meat <laughs> mallet. Well, you know, that sounds pretty strong, but I'd say, you know, a rolling pin or anything like that, you've got that was going to give it a good bashing. Um, you know, you can just do that until it's um, all crushed and, you know, broken up and everything. So... Combine the crushed spice, sugar, and four cups of water in a saucepan over high heat, bring it to the boil, and then reduce heat and simmer for five minutes. Remove the pan or saucepan from heat, add the tea, and stand for 10 minutes to infuse. So we know that's just gathering the tea flavor, and add the soy milk. Stir over a low heat for two minutes or until heated, and then you're straining it through a fine sieve or 
um, and serve it with sprinkled with cinnamon sugar, which I think is just a little bit of cinnamon and sugar just mixed together, which I, you know, sometimes put on muffins. But um, you could probably use uh, a muslin too, you know, that very fine cloth that people do apple jelly and jelly-type jams and everything through. So you could probably use that because I think you'd have to have a fairly fine sieve. I've got quite a fine sieve. Um, just the old, well, are they old-fashioned or the current? You know, the really fine knitting one. And I think that would be fine to use for, you know, straining it. Just so you don't get chunks in your mouth. No, that's yeah. right. Yes, <laughs> nothing worse, is there? It's like getting skin tomatoes. I think we've just talked about that before, getting skin when you're eating tomato, you know, sort of um, a tomato dish. But anyway, that's our soy masala chai. And, of course, now reading the ingredients out again aloud – I realise it's actually a, a tea, it's not a coffee. But anyway, it's quite nice to try different teas. I'm a real fan for, for different teas anyway. Well, we I love all the herb teas and fruity teas, and but I've never tried, tried a chai. Oh, well, I had a chai latte and because it's got, well, I've had them a few times, but because it's got a latte behind it, you think, oh, it must be a coffee. And that's actually got me wondering now, when they made it, when I've had it at a cafe, has it had soy milk in it or just normal milk? Well, I don't know. There we are. It seems to me that you have to have soy in it mm. anyway. So um, so that's a soy chai. Soy masala chai. Masala chai. Yeah. All right. Masala. What does that sound like to you? Indian. Indian. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. it's a, uh, an Indian tea. With the cardamom. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've actually seen the tea pickers. Have you? Yes, I have when I was in, um, in Bandung in Indonesia. And what a fascinating sight that is. Do they have Amazing. backpacks on and sort of pick the tips they and throw have, them over their shoulders? They have or? big, big coolie hats and um, big rags around their hands oh, and wow. everything because the tea trees, yeah. that's what you can call them, tea leaf trees, have quite got quite a lot of thorns on them. So they wear these big sort of like rags around there or, you know, fabrics around there. It uh, looks like rags to me, you know, because it's several layers around there. Arms, yeah, because when them. they're picking, it's to protect their skin. Fascinating Jeez. sight, all seeing all these ladies in a field. Wow, I wish yeah. I thought of something like that when I was doing blackberries and raspberries <laughs> back when I was 14. <laughs> well, if you're doing it again, Tanya, just remember that. <laughs> yeah, wrap your hands in yeah. rags. All right, so if you go to our Facebook page right now, Coast Access Radio, you'll find that recipe soy ma- masala chai, and actually the other three are there as well. This one's intriguing. I sort of shared this with my mum, and she said, oh, I'd like to try that, and I told her she has to make it. Well, I've heard of beetroot being in a chocolate cake. I have too. And avocado, I think you had oh, one yes, for a did. brownie or a chocolate That's cake. That's right, we yeah. did too. Exactly. Quite some time ago, I think probably quite oh, quite into last year, that we might, I might have given you the beetroot chocolate cake recipe mm. that um, when I tasted it, I was really surprised that there was actually beetroot in it. So you didn't get that real earthy no, taste of beetroot? No, you did not. No. Wow. And I'm presuming that that will happen with this. So it's a beetroot loaf with sour cream frosting. And there's a little wee just clue here that when you're grating the beetroot, if you don't want to come out with red hands, you might need to put some um, little gloves on. Yeah, <laughs> Or wrap your hands in yeah. rags. <laughs> You have red rags. Oh dear. Yeah, you can put them aside for every time you use beetroot. Now, um, so this here is two cups of self-raising flour, a quarter of a cup of cocoa powder, two-thirds of a cup of firmly packed brown sugar. Well, just, you know, as long as it's two-thirds of a cup. One teaspoon of mixed spice, 
two eggs, and it says at room temperature, but, uh, I mean, that's not unusual for me because I keep my eggs at room temperature anyway. Same. Yeah, one and a half cups of um, milk, and that can be trim or whatever, and I think just full milk may just give it uh, a different taste or not have so many calories in it. Uh, That's my understanding anyway. 100 grams of um, butter melted, one large, and they've put in a weight here, so you, you might need a few, weigh them, 450 grams of beetroot peeled and coarsely grated. This is where the gloves come in. One third of a cup of sultanas, uh, finely um, chopped, if you can chop sultanas, good, goodness me. But anyway, um, if you want to, feel free. And sour cream frosting, which I'll give you the um the ingredients for that when we finish, okay? So we're preheating the oven, low heat actually, 160 degrees Celsius. Grease and line uh, the base and the sides if you want to of a loaf pan. Sift flour and cocoa powder into a bowl and stir in sugar and spice. Whisk eggs, milk and butter in a jug. Add milk mixture to the flour mixture and stir until just combined. And then you're stirring in the beetroot and sultanas. Pour mixture into the prepared pan. Now bake this for 45 to 50 minutes or until, you know, inserting a a skewer comes out clean. And stand, don't attempt to take it out straight away. Stand the pan for five minutes. And turn out and put on a wire a wire rack to cool completely because you're going to actually um, put some frosting on this. And when you do frostings, you need to have the cake completely cold. So really, we've got the sour cream, easy enough, 250 gram tub of sour cream. Now they've put a little wee note here to say... Um, don't use low-fat sour cream. <laughs> good people. Uh, <laughs> good people, she says. Because uh, apparently the frosting will get quite runny because it hasn't got that bulk, I suppose, of the um, of what's in sour cream. I found Visit. the light sour cream when I plonked it on top of my nachos. It's a lot. It doesn't hold its shape. No, it's that's right. And I think that's what they're saying, Tanya, too. Mm. Uh, two tablespoons of cocoa powder and two tablespoons of icing sugar. Now you're placing the sour cream in a bowl and sifting the cocoa powder and icing sugar over the sour cream and stir until combined. Very important that you sift it because both cocoa and icing sugar uh, can be quite lumpy and you don't want that. Quite hard to get the lumps out once you've um, put them in sifted icing sugar. Quite hard. But anyway, and then you can just, you know, spread that directly over your lovely um, beetroot loaf and I have got an illustration and I haven't included uh, the topping for this because I felt it wasn't unnecessary, uh, necessary because um, I don't think they should have sort of like chocolate and uh, little wee um, sprinkles over the top it just sort of seemed to take away the um, I don't know it sort of just looked like a sweetie it's getting too busy. It's already got busy. cocoa in exactly. the, the Exactly. I thought that was it. And I thought, no, I'm not going to mention that, but I have mentioned it because I wouldn't <laughs> want it on there. So it's up to you. But I've got an illustration. Of course, I try to. Oh, hey. 
It doesn't even look beetrooty at all. I know. Wow, I know. it just looks like a chocolate yeah. loaf. And if you get a close look at it, you could probably see, a, you know, velvet cakes have um, a red, aren't they? They that's are. What they're but it's sort of, maybe that's why the cocoa was put in so that it doesn't sort of hit you with the red. Yeah. I don't know, but I can see tinges in the photograph of red, you it know. It looks but, lush. Yeah, but the cocoa is sort of there to cover that up a bit. So that's our beetroot loaf with sour cream frosting and uh, good one to try. Well, there you go. Something for you to attempt this weekend in the kitchen. So get cracking. Go to our Facebook page and find the recipe right now, Coast Access Radio. And since last time I saw you, we've had a St. Patrick's Day and it's been a gone. I know, but hey, <laughs> does that stop us from having Irish music? Ah, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> How about it. the Pogues? Oh, go for it. Well, Jimmy Blyde, I'm on again, the pub where I was born. He played it from the night time to the pace of early morn. He served the souls of psychos and the men who had the horn. And they all looked very happy in the morning. But Jimmy didn't like his place in this world of ours. Pretty other man brought Starman's next and he had too many pairs. So I sad to see the grieving of the people that I'm leaving. And he took the road for God knows in the morning. We walked him to the station in the rain. We kissed him as we put him on the train. And we sang him a song of times long gone. Now we knew that we'd be seeing him again. I'm sad to say I must be on my way. So buy me beer and whiskey cause I'm gone far away. I'd like to think I'll be returning when I can. To the greatest little boozer and to Sally McLennan. The years went by the times my choice I grew to be a man. I learned to love the virtues of Sid Sally McLennan. I took the chairs and drank the prayers and crawled back home and done. And took the hump and watered whiskey down And took the hoods and horses Third a man and drank the brown I heard the sight of Jimmy's making money far away And some people left for heaven without warning We walked into the station in the rain We kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang them a song of times long gone Though we knew that we'd be seeing them again I sad to say I must be on me way So by me Jimmy came back home, he was surprised that they were gone He asked me all the details of the train that they went on Some people may have scared the cop, but Jimmy drank until he choked Took the road for heaven in the morning We walked him to the station in the rain And we kissed him as we put him on the train And we sang him a song, a time's long gone Though we knew that we'd be seeing him again I sad to say I must be on me way Gee, that was a thigh-slapping one, wasn't it, Gail? Oh, it was great, yeah. We're bouncing around here in the <laughs> studio. It was great. That's the Pogues with Sally McLennan, <laughs> but you're listening to Gail Hall from Sunny Ortaki, and don't ask me what sort of accent that was. <laughs> Crikey. Now, this is a really long recipe, but it looks really intriguing. Well, it is And you pinched it. I did. I yeah. did. I actually went to see a friend about something and uh, sitting on at her table and I thought, do 
Suddenly she's got all these recipes all over the table. And I looked, picked up this particular one and I thought, oh, I had a quick look at it. And I said, oh, can I have this? And she said, oh, I'll go make you a copy. So she did. And it's in three parts. So it's sort of quite sort of elongated out. But um, it's nectarine and peach tart with honey cream. I think, are we too late for, no, we're not too late for peaches and nectarines, I don't think. There's all sorts of fruits coming in now at the moment. So we're going to start off, and it says, look, you know, you've got to obviously, you know, cut these up and um, because you're going to use a kilo. And so really you need a good sharp um, paring knife and just, you know, just cut the fruit from the stone. That's what I would do into, and it doesn't have to be in, you know, beautifully, um, you know, same size pieces. You just cut it as you can, okay? And don't cut yourself. But I'm going to start off with the sour cream pastry. Looks, you know, really, really nice. And this will be, of course, the base of the, um, of the tart. So we've got 250 grams of plain flour. 50 grams of ground hazelnuts, 150 grams of cold butter chopped, and 100 mils of sour cream. So, um, mils, I suppose. Does it come in mils? No, oh, I, look, I don't know. It might be in a bottle or a little wet, little bottle, but I think 100 mils, I think the tubs are about 150, aren't they? I think they're 250. Oh, I'm not mm. sure. But I anyway, would go by grams anyway, well, just so 100 mils, 100, 100 grams. mils. I don't know whether you can, unless you're souring your own cream, like, you know, 100 mils of cream, and then just put a bit of lemon juice in it, and it will curdle. It oh, will right. go sour. Okay. But, okay, so... That as well, if you want to, you know, you can make your choice. Now you're putting the flour, ground hazelnuts and butter in a food processor and process until the mixture resembles fine breadcrumbs. And that's what we do. That's how we make pastry, actually. Add the sour cream and process for about another 20 seconds until the dough forms a ball. And that's what we do with our normal pastry. That's how you make it. Turn out and shape into a flat disc, then wrap in cling film and refrigerate for one hour. But before you get ready to, to actually roll it and play with it, remove from the fridge 15 minutes before using because otherwise it, um, it'll be too solid for you to do anything with. Okay, so that's your sour cream pastry. You put that aside. Then we move on to the honey cream. Quarter of a cup of brown sugar, one tablespoon of lemon juice, one tablespoon of honey, and 300 mils, there we go, again, of sour cream. I don't know what sort of magazine this is or where it came from out of the paper. I'm not sure, but, um, but we just have to sort of use our imagination for that. Um, put the sugar, lemon juice, honey, and two tablespoons of water in a saucepan, then stir over medium heat until the sugar dissolves. Boil without stirring until the mixture is a dark caramel colour. Just be very careful with that. Just watch it like making toffee, really, Tanya, mm. because you have to watch that and just let it go to a nice, well, dark caramel, not black caramel. <laughs> so yeah. just, just keep an eye on it and then remove from the heat and whisk in the sour cream and then set aside to cool. So that's, we've got two 
uh, two of the steps done now. Now for the tart, we're doing 50 grams of ground hazelnuts, a half a cup of brown sugar plus one tablespoon extra, two tablespoons of corn flour, now one kilo of peaches and nectarines, but, you know, as Tani was saying before, you know, you could use some peaches, some nectarines, or all of either of those. Um, and, of course, obviously you've got to stone them and then cut into thin wedges. I wouldn't just get too chunky with these because don't forget they've got to cook in the oven. Um, so what we're doing is preheating the oven to 200 degrees Celsius, so a reasonable heat. Roll out the pastry that you've already taken out of the uh, fridge uh, because you can always make the pastry the night before, you see. So just remember to take it out that 15 minutes or so before you're ready to roll it. Um, then you're rolling it between uh, baking paper, if you want to, to form a 30 centimetre round, just a round. And then remove the top sheet if you're doing it with baking paper. And But if you're doing it with cling wrap, I'm afraid you'll have to just take the cling wrap off. But baking paper, if you're doing it on baking paper, you can just lift it up and place on the tray. You know, into the um, into an oven tray. You just lift it up once you've rolled it, move it over so you don't have to worry, and it all stay in one piece. Sprinkle the ground hazelnuts over the pastry, leaving a two centimeter border that's around it. Place the sugar, corn flour, and fruit in a bowl and toss to coat. So you're just giving it a good mix so that some of that sugar and, and corn flour is clinging to that fruit. Spoon the fruit over the hazelnuts, then fold the pastry border to form an edge. This is sort of like an open pie, Tanya. Mm. You know, you're just folding it round um, to form that edge. And sprinkle with the extra sugar, then bake for 40 minutes or until the pastry is browned and crisp and the fruit is caramelized. So that's why... It's better not to be in too chunky wedges because, you know, it's 40 minutes in an oven. It's not a covered pie. It's an open pie. And just make sure that they're not, um, you know, they're not going to be hard when you take it out of the oven. Remove from the oven and stand for one hour before cutting. And then you can serve the tart just at room temperature, dust it over with icing sugar, with spoonfuls of beautiful honey cream. Sounds yummy. And I'll just do a little addition here. It's delicious with a nice sweet Riesling. Oh, yum. Yeah. Oh, very yeah, nice. Recom recom recommend. Not while you're making it, Tanya, <laughs> but when you're eating it. <laughs> and uh, apparently it goes nice with that. So there you are. That is our beautiful nectarine and pa uh, peach tart with honey cream. It sounds, I suppose, quite complicated, but once you get going and make the pastry, make the cream, it's not too bad, is it? No, it's not. I mean, not. considering it's in three stages mm. and it comes together in the end. I think it's just wordy, that's all. It's it not is wordy. Hard. No, yeah. it's not hard. No, no, it's a, it's a good recipe. All right. And there is an illustration. It's black and white, um, but... I don't think you've got any idea, but you can see how the, the circle is and the round, how it's sort of built up, oh. you know, like a fortress, I suppose, you know. <laughs> you can sort of build this round and, and build a fence around it, roll it in, and 
all the happenings in the middle. So there you are. That reminds me of a mushroom tart that you did last year, I think. Yeah, that was I like did, an open and one. I, I did, and that was a great recipe because mm. I actually made that one. Mm. That was one I had made. You have to scroll back on our Facebook page a few <laughs> hiccups to find that one. Now, this is a good one for greens. Oh, I tell you what, when you sent this email through, I thought, oh, yum. I could just eat those two things together on a plate. Me they too. sound delicious. Me too. That's why I thought I'd choose these because, you know, if I've got silver beet and a lot of people do have silver beet in the garden. And I just thought, gee whiz, this is a different way of doing a couple of veggies. So we're going to start off with the creamy silver beet and uh, just makes it different. Sometimes it's a bit boring just to, you know, sort of quick, quickly do the silver beet and, you know, like centimetres of water. But finely chop four silver beet leaves, and I presume they'd be quite reasonable size ones. Combine two thirds of a cup of cottage cheese, two thirds of a cup of sour cream, and two crushed cloves of garlic in a large frying pan. Stir over a moderate heat for three minutes or until heated. Add the silver beet. So you're cutting the silver beet. I hope you've realised that, but you're just combining the cottage cheese, etc. So you've cut up the silver beet. You're leaving it until it's time to go in. So stir that over a moderate heat for three minutes or until heated. And then add the silver beet. Cook and stir for two minutes or until the silver beet um, wilts. So to me, that just sounds like something really, and like, you know, really nice. And like you say, I could actually eat that with um, pasta. I could, I could actually, oh, you've made me think. Stir that into I pasta. I had a bit of pasta left over from last night's tea. Waste not, want not. I love that ah, about you, Gail. Good heading on you. to the supermarket shortly. <laughs> better, I better get that sour cream and cottage sheet. Good thinking, Tanya. Yeah, good pasta sauce type thing. Creamy silver beet sounds really Okay, if really I make good. this tonight, I'll be photographing it. All right, let me know. If I've got time. I've got a meeting tonight, so I'll try. But anyway, that's a good one. Now we're moving on to the broccoli mash. So we're going to um, microwave three large peeled chopped potatoes on high um, for two minutes. And then add 200 grams of broccoli florets and microwave for three minutes more or until tender. But yeah, you'll have to just judge that because, um, yes, the potatoes, just make sure that they're chopped in, you know, sort of reasonable little squares or slices. And then um, add 100 grams of spreadable cream cheese. Oh, this sounds nice too. Mm-hmm. One crushed garlic clove and two tablespoons of milk and mash all that together until smooth and that sounds yummy too good with bangers oh yeah and it was sausages wouldn't it be and um also with that broccoli in it just sort of you know you might be able to dish it up to to non-broccoli eating children and uh, they might get a bit of greenery in but um but anyway i just thought these two were really good to try and simple and i think it'll look great on a plate do you know what i love serving up my mashed potatoes like my nana used to with my ice cream scoop so you've got a nice little oh, uniform good on you. Oh, i like that now my late sister-in-law said she used to add a little bit of i think it was baking powder 
Have you I, heard of that? I had an ex who used to put a pinch of baking soda and it makes it light and fluffy. Well, that's apparently. what I think she was doing with mm. the, I'm sure it was baking powder. Could be wrong. I should look that up. And it would fluff up the mashed potatoes absolutely beautiful mm. and um yeah and make them look nice on the plate too but i love seeing the the, the potato balls with the ice cream scoop it's no. really great old school it's eh? sort of like 60s isn't it oh, or know. you know yeah yeah oh we try a little bit of everything here we're diverse at coast access radio so if you like what you've heard today remember you can Go to our Facebook page, Coast Access Radio, and find this week's recipes. And also, if you go back every week, you'll get the recipes for the last oh, nearly three years. Yeah, actually. Well, is it that long? Gosh. Nearly. Gee, time goes by. It does. And you're a busy woman. So thank you for taking time out of your day to come into the studio. Oh, I quite enjoy looking through the recipes because, you know, sometimes, as you know, I've found something that I want to make myself. So yeah. it's, it's really good. It's interesting. Right. Off to the supermarket with you then. Yes, I am. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.